getting bullied. He's getting bullied. Holding the sort of off. It's fucking around and say that. Grealish ain't good enough to for Arsenal. People I was mad. I He ain't good enough for Arsenal. Then people are mad. Fucking pissy. I said, Grealish. Greenish, I've been saying that. 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 Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown and another win for Aston Villa coming back after two defeats, an excellent 3-0 win against Arsenal, an informed Arsenal side as well uh, and really a dominant display from, from start to finish. I've got the uh, regular crew with me this week. I've got Chad Z, Jugsy and Deckers with me to talk about the match and go into detail about the uh, all the action points and uh, the various goals. There were a lot of them. Could have been more as well. So we'll be going into the game. But just firstly, Chadzi, how are you feeling, mate, after yesterday? Yeah, buzzing, mate. It's um, another great Sunday night. I sent sent the message in the group last night, didn't I? Saying I love 7.15 kickoffs on a Sunday. And I think that's our third win on the trot with that kickoff time. And it was just another brilliant performance from Villa. It was a joy to watch from the very first minute. Obviously, we scored in that first minute. It was disallowed. And we just grew into the game. We got stronger as it went on. Um, we managed to stifle Arsenal towards the end of that first half when they were starting to put on put on a bit of pressure. And the second half, it was men against boys. It was it really was a joy to watch. I'm sure we'll go into some of the individual performances and look at look at the goals and things in a bit more detail. But I just loved our intent. I just loved our uh, yeah, our intent to keep going forward. The third goal epitomised it for me with a few minutes left. Martinez getting getting the ball rolled out to Jack quickly as possible and him just driving driving down the pitch head first. Um, and when I say men against boys, he literally boshed Bellerin out the way, Watkins running in behind. And it just summed up a perfect night f- for me. I think it's by far and away our best performance of the season. I know the Liverpool game will be one of those historic nights, but that was a complete performance last night from back to front. Yeah. Um, great, I mean, a great performance, like you said, dominant display and, and even more so than Liverpool game. You know, it was, uh, you know, we, we just dominate the chances, dominate the the ball. I know we didn't have as much possession as Arsenal, but it just seemed like we were doing a lot more with it. Um, and really started off from the, from the very first minute, 40 seconds in, you know, Target picks out an excellent ball over the top. Jack goes in behind Bellerin uh, and Grealish takes his time, picks out McGinn and McGinn absolutely rifles it into the top corner. And you're thinking 1-0, you know, this is a great start. And then suddenly the VAR check comes in. Jersey, I mean, what do you make of that that disallowed goal at the beginning? I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you understand why it was given, why it was, uh, given offside or are you a little bit, were you a little bit rattled at the time? Yeah, I think I can understand the, the decision. And I think, especially when we've come away winning 3-0, I don't think Villa fans are too bothered. But at the time, it was a tough one to take. And I thought once the referee started reviewing that on video, you just don't know how these referees are inter- interpreting the laws at the minute. So it could have gone either way. But 
I think hand on heart, I think it was the right decision because it was in the vision of, of Leno and it was probably the right decision, even though Leno was never getting there because I was obviously top, top bins. Um, but yeah, it was a great start and it was unfortunate that McGinn obviously didn't get that, didn't get, didn't get the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're in front, as a letter to the letter of the law, you know, you understand why it was given offside, but there's no way Leno is saving that in a million years. Um, you know, even if he could see the ball clearly, there's no way he's getting to that. So it's annoying. And at the time you're thinking, well, I hope it doesn't cost us, you know, part of you thinking, well, it's a great start and it bodes well for, for the rest of the game, you know, how we started. But at the same time, you're thinking if that, that gets given off side, then suddenly you're, you know, how are the players going to react to that? And and obviously they reacted really well. And, and, and Decker's looking at the first goal, um, you know, again, coming down the left-hand side, target Grealish and Barkley interlinking, being very patient with the ball and taking their time. What did you, what did you make of the first goal? And, and also what did you make of targets performance? Cause obviously he was integral to that first goal. Uh, yeah. Firstly, I think target had a great game. Like, um, faultless game really and the first goal I was just so impressed with the way that Grealish and Barkley they're just so patient with it I know that so many Villa fans would have been screaming at the TV for them to just get the ball in get the ball in and they just take their time like they're confident they're just like compliment each other so well and they've just held on to it um, so well and then Barkley's that reverse pass to target, he, him, he's probably the only person on that pitch that's seen that. Nobody else is on that level. And um, then targets put across a undefendable ball that you can't defend against it. It showed they they put it in their own net because it's just you can't defend those types of ball. Yeah. It was just a great goal. Yeah, great you know what I mean. You you either put stick a foot out and try and stop it, and more than often than not, it's going to divert back into your own net, or you let it run and hope the player misses it. And you're right, you know, there's not much you can do about that. Is either choice is a bad one for Arsenal, and and it showed in the end with the with the goal, which we thought was Trezeguet's goal, but ended up being Saka's own goal. But again, Trezeguet, you know, back post merchant, isn't he? He loves he loves that back post. He's addicted to being at the back post and coming in late to try and score those goals. So fantastic to see. Uh, and overall, Barkley as well, you mentioned there, you know, playing that number 10 position. Chadzi, what, I mean, we've seen in the last couple of games playing either a bit more deeper or playing as as, a, as one of the three, but playing today, uh, last night as just behind Watkins or just at the side of Watkins as number 10. How did you think he did? Uh, and do you think that number 10 position suits him more? Yeah, I think it does. Um, he's, I think he's been really lucky, and and we've been really lucky in that him and him and Jack have just hit it off in the first minute, haven't they? And you can't, you can't underestimate the importance of that. We talked about it when we signed him that it will help bring the best out in Jack. But he's starting to do things himself as well now. He's not just giving giving Jack the ball or being an option for Jack to to give it to. He's creating things on his own. He, he's like Decker said, there is reverse ball for target for the first goal the ball back across the goal for Watkins header for the second goal. And generally, um, some of his work in open play as well, he's, he's, he's athletic enough to play in that eight position, which means when he is playing at 10, we, you know, most teams have a, have a number 10, a more diminutive, creative player that won't necessarily be able to work off the ball. Whereas Barkley, his pressing is, is key for what we do, especially in, the, in that win last night and the win against Liverpool. The way he backs up um, Watkins and his, the intelligence of his press is so important, and he's just been such a key player. I, I, I was really impressed by us off the ball last night. How we, when we did press, we boxed them in towards a corner. We didn't let them have that cheap, easy ball across the box to to give it back to Leno to 
to uh, start their attacks again. And the amount of times Arsenal aimlessly just ended up hoofing it up the line and we just mopped it up. Um, yeah, Barkley's been superb. I do think that is his best position. Um, and obviously that as well brings out the best in, in McGinn and Louise. So, um, but I don't necessarily agree to to the idea that we should just play 4-2-3-1 with Barkley at 10 all the time just because it's worked well. I think I think Smith needs to continue to look at options and be flexible because not every team's going to play into our hands like, like Arsenal did last night. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, horses for courses, isn't it? I think yeah. uh, looking back in hindsight against Le- uh, Leeds and Southampton, maybe this kind of formation would have worked better, but... You know, you can sort of understand why Smith did what he did. He thought we could match them and uh, yeah, think, and be on the front foot. Just on that, I think you can easily criticise Smith for changing it, not going, not going with that four-two-three-one last week, or maybe against Leeds. But you know, we spent all of last season criticising him for only having one plan, and and just because you don't win your tactical battle one week doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad decision. It, you know, your manager can't get it right every single week so we, we can't have it both ways if you want Smith to be flexible you can't criticise him when when he is mm. yeah that's a fair point as well um, and, and you know we've mentioned this on the, on the podcast before you know this team it's it's a very exciting team very talented team but at the same time it's a work in progress as well so there's going to be games where we're not, we know, we're not going to be win, able to win every game and you know there's going to be games where we might lose two or three in a row and which is what we've been seeing but the fact that we fought back from from those from those two games is great to see, isn't it, Jokes? Yeah, it is. I think the one thing from yesterday, I would say, was the performance from the first half to the second half of how much we improved. And I think a lot of that must have got, come down to Smith at half time because I just felt we were playing Arsenal on reputation that first half. Like we were a bit sloppy on the ball and we weren't on the front foot as much. And I just thought, we're one and up here. We've had the best chances. This game is here for the taking. And that second half, we just massively improved um, and we took, took the game to Arsenal. And I think Smith must have said to him, look, lads, we're playing here at Arsenal on reputation, but they're not that great at the minute. Let's go out there and win the game. Like, let's go for the second goal. Let's go for the third goal. And that's what we did. So it just shows that this team, um, the improvement we made from last season, we've got so much more quality. And we're not just relying on Jack to create something. Obviously, Barkley playing in that number 10 role was excellent. He was running beyond Watkins and Watkins as well. His hold at play was exceptional again after a, a, a tough couple of games. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he made a massive difference. He bullied the Arsenal defence and laid it off for Barkley and Grealish um, and was excellent, really, and deserved his two goals. And he took them very well. Um, yeah, both good finishes. So, yeah, absolutely pleased. And, yeah, just, just everything worked well for us. The formation really helped with McGinn sitting because McGinn in that deeper position just helps with turnovers and interceptions and things because he's such a work- workhorse. Um, it's quite hard to play against in that midfield. And uh, Partey and uh, Eleni really struggled. I think Eleni had a little bit of a kick at, at McGinn at the end, just out of frustration because McGinn actually actually bossed him. And uh, a big shout out to the fullbacks as well, Targo and Cash. I thought they were excellent. I mean, um, I think... Tar- tar- Targo? Did you say Targo? Yeah, Targo and Cash. <laughs> Is that Nick, your new nickname? Yeah, for basically. Yeah, they were excellent. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, defensively going forward... Um, I mean, Matty Cash put an excellent cross in um, in the first half, just showed what he's capable of. And he, I know we've not really been reliant on too, too much of him going forward, but he did his job again against Aubameyang, who's obviously one of the best players in the league and kept him quiet. So, um, yeah, really pleased overall. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, McGinn, I thought especially, was it was, hard, it was really hard to pick out a man of the match because to a man, I think every single player was fantastic. And it's really hard to fault any single player 
Uh, but McGinn, especially, I thought, considering how he played against Southampton and, and Leeds, it was a complete reversal of that kind of performance where he was completely dominant and, and made everything tick, really. And I think we also saw the best of Louise because McGinn was sitting alongside him. And, and, and we'll come on to the second goal in a minute, but Louise was, again, integral to that. I mean, Arsenal were, as you said, you know, Chad, you mentioned earlier, they were reduced to very few chances. They had one chance in the first half where Lacazette really should have done better with a header. But apart from that and the holding chance in the second half, there really wasn't too much that they did really. And they, they did have spells in the second half, maybe five minute spells, but not 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 too much. And, and we dealt with it pretty well. Um, but what was pleasing to see was the fact that we kept on the front foot and we kept attacking. We didn't sit back. Uh, and we saw that with, you know, early chances in the second half. Grealish's chance, which was an excellent save by Leno. Some excellent forward play as well uh, with, with Watkins, uh, apart from that. And then the second goal, you know, uh, Barkley there, again, ghosting behind the fullback for Arsenal. Louise, he knows when he's getting that ball from Cash, he knows straight away where that ball's going. And he just controls the ball, pushes it forward, and then picks out a diagonal straight to Barkley. And Decker's... What did you make of that cross by Barkley? First time on the left foot across to Watkins and you know, really great goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the technique from Ross Barkley to put that back across goal on his weaker foot was just unbelievable. Like it, it's, it's in the air for a long time. It's coming down. That technique's really hard to just put that back across with pace straight in between the um, defenders and the keeper right onto Watkins' head. It's just, it, it was great to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Louise, again, again, another player who hasn't had the best of times in the last couple of games. Uh, but really, I think probably was his best game this season, I think, for, for Louise. He, you know, he he dominated that midfield. Party had to come off, I know, injured, but really Party, you know, is one of the most uh, exciting midfielders in the world at this present time. And, and we made him look fairly average. And Gabriel as well. You know, you mentioned Watkins to Jugsy there. Gabriel has been the best defender probably in the Premier League. And, and again, Watkins bullied them like he did Van Dijk and Gomez a few games against Liverpool. So, you know, great to see and, and great to see that we can, we've got players who can, who can come up against the very best and put in great performances. I, I mean, Ch Chadzi, what was your overall view of the second half before we go into the third goal? What did you think? Yeah, I agree with what Jugsy said around how Smith had obviously said to them at half-time that this game's there for the taking and we can go and go and get that second goal. I was really worried at one point around the 60-minute mark that we'd not squandered a few chances, but Arsenal done well to make saves or block them on the line and I was worried that we weren't getting we, we know how important that second goal is but I think that freedom to go and try and win the match um, and, and take the game away from Arsenal all comes from the fact that we've had such a good start to the season we've got points on the board we're not worried about relegation so it just does show how important those early wins in the season were because if we were on you know seven or eight points at the moment Smith might still be worried thinking right we, we, we must leave here with a draw at least we're still in a relegation scrap. But I think, hopefully this doesn't come back to bite me, but I think we can all safely say we're staying up this season. And and that does allow the team to play with more freedom. Let's go out and enjoy it now because it doesn't really matter if we finish between 8th and 14th. Let's go and have some fun. Let's go and score goals. Let's go and show what we can do. And we've got the players with the personality to go and do that. And I think at a time when we're all looking for things to cheer us up and we can't be at the game, this Villa team really are... Really are really have, you know, given us that opportunity to enjoy something about our lives and our week, really, because they, they yeah. really are a joy to watch. And, um, you know, it just makes me proud to be a Villa fan, to be honest. Yeah, you, you talk about personality there and, and a joy to watch, and, and no one really epitomises that more than our very own Jack Grealish. 
and you know he was you know first half again key to a lot of good that we did but it was was slightly sloppy and and his passing was slightly sloppy but the second half especially the last 25 30 minutes he just came into a, a world of his own and, and bossed that and made a massive massive difference and really took the game away from arsenal and that third goal i mean southgate you know he's been criticized a lot about his uh, reluctance to pick Grealish and, and one of the reasons why he didn't bring him on, on in one of the international games that he mentioned was that he wanted a bit more pace and athleticism in the final third now that third goal I mean Martinez picks the ball out you mentioned Chadzi already that we didn't sit back you know another game we might have Martinez may have taken his time trying to quieten the game down slow it down a little bit but straight away we're pushing for the third and Jack Grealish picks it up inside his own half and against Bellerin you know who is one of the quickest fullbacks in in the league he absolutely gasses him running with the ball and then boshes him to to nowhere to no man's land uh, and then still has the awareness to pick out ollie watkins and ollie watkins with a left foot driven finish through the legs of leno i mean what a goal you know that's the i remember a goal that uh, ronaldo scored for Man united against arsenal it was this similar kind of you know pace a, a, a counter-attack that they scored the goal in, and everyone talks about it but this this that third goal I mean it's a really special goal and Jugsy I mean what, what were your thoughts on the third goal and and how did you think it, it went down and you know Ollie Watkins finished as well what did you think of that? Yeah it was an outstanding team goal um, obviously straight for Martinez who was quick of thought to get that ball out to Grealish and then Grealish just showed in that bit of play what he's all about I mean he's got the engine and power and speed to get that ball up the pitch and outpace Bellerin. He's got the strength to then shield the ball and create himself a bit of space. And then he's got the creativity and technique to play the perfect weighted through ball to Watkins. And that is Grealish all over. He's got that quality and can do it all. So again, um, it was a great team goal, uh, team goal. And Watkins' finish was excellent through the legs of Leno. It was a tough angle to be fair, that finish on the left foot. And Watkins made that look quite easy. So it was a great finish, great team goal. And exactly what what we deserved, and uh, yeah, really pleased with that. And you're seeing a lot now on Twitter and in the press about Jack Grealish's quality, and people are only realising his quality. Uh, and it's frustrating that they're only seeing it now when he's been like that season in, season out for the last few seasons for us. And uh, he's obviously getting the stats now, um, the output. But he was unlucky again. He had a shot cleared off the line like he did against Leeds. Obviously, the first goal would have been an assist for McGinn. So it just shows that. He's playing at exceptional numbers at the minute and extraordinary level. And I think, as we've mentioned before, he's got a bit more freedom, a bit more space with the better quality around him. And he can only go, yeah, go go on from here. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like I said, I'm lucky not to uh, get a goal um, or another assist as well. And even then, I think, you know, we've, we've mentioned already, you know, he's got, he's definitely got another gear in him. Uh, which is scary to think about. And at the moment, he's, there's not many players who uh, are better than him in the Premier League uh, at this very present time, which, you know, I, I think Southgate will be very, uh, very hard for him not to pick him against Ireland. And I think he'll play that. But again, in the following games, in the more competitive games, again, I think there'll be a lot of clamour for him to to be in the side. And I think, like you said, Jugsy, a lot of fans from other teams are realising just how good he is uh, and not... Uh, you know, not falling foul of the cliche that he goes down too much and he's overrated. You know, they know now how good he is. He's doing it against the very, very best teams. I think it's going to be a shame in the Ireland game that there's no fans in there because uh, obviously Grealish would would have got some stick, wouldn't he, from from the Ireland fans um, having uh, abandoned them essentially at a young age. And that's the sort of game where Grealish loves it. You know, like Blues away or somewhere where he's getting a load of stick from the 
opposing fans. I think he would have really turned it on in a full house, but hopefully he can still do that in, a, in an empty stadium like he did last night. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll take his chance. Deckers, before we go to the comments, what are your final thoughts on the game? Um, just a great performance. It was just a joy to watch, to be honest. From the start, we pressed them really high, forcing them to play it long. I thought, I agreed with what Jug said earlier. I thought we was, at times in the first half, we were a little bit sloppy. Um, and then we just seemed to turn it up a couple of gears and... Um, tore them apart they just couldn't they couldn't deal with it like what you were saying with, with Grealish he, he's got another gear and he and he just showed that with that goal with the third goal he, he probably wasn't having he's not having a 10 out of 10 game by his standards and then all of a sudden he can just do something like that he's an he's a world beater he's got strength speed power and he makes the right decisions so like we said it is it's undefendable to play against him um but yeah, I, it was just a great performance, really. It was just another night. It's hard to pick between that and Liverpool. Like they were just two ten out of yeah. ten performances all round. Yeah, so yeah. Two, two, to a man, two a man, isn't it? Every single player is hard to fault anyone. Uh, Trezeguet, we haven't mentioned again. Again, looks fitter, stronger than he did last season. More energetic, but also good on the ball as well, making the right decisions. You know, it, uh, I, I was just going to say on Trez, his his pressing is key yeah. uh, to the way we to the way we. Uh, without the ball it's mm. so underrated how how much he actually does for the team yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'd love to see the stats of uh, his uh, his running at intense speeds his sprinting speeds and how how much he covers how much distance he covers because i can't imagine there's many players better than him in the league to be honest with that and 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 these days in modern football that kind of style of football and that you know that element of the team is so so vital jugsy your your final thoughts before we go to the comments yeah, I think I'd just echo what Decker said. And yeah, great team performance. And we've had a few of them this season, um, different kinds of performances, and it's hard to pick one out. But yeah, that was enjoyable because there was no no bad performance in that from the team. And I think we stuck to a game plan that was well planned by Dino. And uh, we adapted that at half time and uh, just showed again that the last couple of games, obviously, we were disappointed not to come away with nothing. Um, but just showed again what the side is capable of. Uh, as as Chazzy mentioned, we need to go out there and play with freedom, and uh, we can finish anywhere really in the top half. So yeah, looking forward to the to the future games. Chazzy, just before I come to you, I just want to I just want to read out the message that you sent us on WhatsApp uh, just before the game and uh, show you the boys did you proud. Chazzy, this was Chazzy's WhatsApp message to us in the group before the game. He said, "Come on, Aston Villa Football Club." Lift us again. Solid at the back, composed on the ball in midfield. High energy press, force the error from them and don't let Watkins get too isolated. Don't let Louise get too isolated. Nice solid four with two in front, please. Take the chances when they come. Well, um, they, they did pretty much everything you, you asked for them there, mate, haven't they? Yeah, I, did, I got the message through to Jack via uh, Instagram. It seems like he did read that out to the boys. So delighted they've stuck to the brief, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, just in terms of a summary, I mean... You know, that could have been five or six last night. We know that. Um, we, we've seen what we've done to Liverpool. Let's not let's not start taking this for granted. This is an absolutely exceptional period for us, given given last season. Um, two of our five wins have come against teams that are in the top three as well, against Leicester and Liverpool, no mugs. So it's not like we've had an easy start to the season fixture-wise. We've gone away to Arsenal, won 3-0. We've won all three of our away games with a clean sheet. 
And yeah. just looking at the XG stats this morning, we're third in the overall XG as well in the in the in the league behind City and Liverpool. So, you know, we're the third most likely team to go out there and score goals. Uh, and when we get it right at the back, we look like a really good side. So, really exciting times. And the fixture list is looking kind now. You know, we've mm. got Brighton at home, who are a very good side. You know, don't us- underestimate them, and I'm sure we'll talk about them at a later date. But winnable fixture, West Ham away. Uh, and then Newcastle at home. So, you know, let's kick on now. We we sort yeah. of missed an opportunity to kick on with the Leeds and Southampton games where we could have really, really pressed up the league. And uh, fingers crossed we, we don't sort of make that mistake again and we do build this momentum and, and really get, get a clinical edge about us now. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Um... You know, I'm sure Dean and the boys know that. And I think the key will be for us, well, especially throughout the season, will be injuries massively. You know, we've got uh, a good core of 13, 14 players there that can make a difference and, and and are good enough to be top 10. And I think apart from that, there's there's certain question marks. But if we can keep injury free relatively, um, then there's no there's no reason why we can't continue to push on, on the le- uh, and push forward up the league. Uh, international break coming up obviously so hopefully all our players come back fit Jack being number one uh, key priority there to make sure he doesn't get injured uh, but looking at the comments now moving on I'll just read out a few and there's a few questions as well for the lads so uh, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts but just firstly uh, Nick Knack James says good results this reason uh, the good results this season have followed ultimate efforts from the team this has to be our template moving forward yeah and we've discussed that La Princesa de la Rodeo, absolute class tonight. Every single player we already mentioned, you know, to a man, every single player was fantastic. World Football Chat, Billy Wiz says, the owners deserve a huge amount of credit for bailing bailing us out in our darkest hour. The clear out after promotion, the investment again this season, the management are getting the fast-flowing football we were promised, and Aston Villa fans are loving it. Can we finish top six? Jugsy, can we finish top six? That's going to be a push, I think. Um, Again, as we mentioned, injuries may cost or count against us with our squad depth, but... I mean, who knows? But yeah, I think that's going to be a push given the quality in the league. Uh, big lad Andy four seven seven asked a couple of questions. Uh, he's asking: Is Watkins close to an England call up? In your opinion, don't think there are very similar sorts of players out there. Where does and where does Cash sit in terms of rankings of current England right backs? Uh, uh, Deckers, what do you think on in, on terms of Watkins? Firstly, um, I think he's got he's got a little way to go. He's he's doing very well. Um, but th- there's a lot of competition out there uh, for the England striker. So uh, he's got he- he'll keep going. I-, I don't doubt he's got it in him, um, but I think it's a bit early yet for him. Yeah, I think you may be right. I think there's a plenty of play- plenty of good players out there, but there's no reason why Watkins can't continue to impress throughout the season and towards the end of the season if he's got 15, 20 goals. You know, there's there's a chance for him there definitely. Uh, and and Cash Chadzi, a player that you've obviously very rated highly rated before. Uh, where do you think he sits in terms of the current England right backs? There's about fifty of them in front of him. Yeah, isn't there? he's in the top. He's in the top fifteen English right backs, definitely. But um, I don't think he's quite in the top two or three yet. So a bit like Watkins, you know, if this time next year they're still doing it, then great. But let's not get carried away um, by six or seven individual performances. I think to be rec- we saw how long it's taken Jack to get recognised to be playing at the elite international level you have to be doing it consistently for a long period of time I think so and I'd say the same about Barkley you know I saw a lot of chat last night around on Twitter about how why isn't Barkley in England squad I mean come on he's had three or four good games in a couple of years if he's doing it in April and May and we're at the top and he's really been battering away all season then fine but 
Um, let's have a bit of perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's wise words as always, Chadzi. Always, always bring the perspective to the team. Um, Gaz, Do- Gaz Oak says, uh, was all right about our performance. <laughs> Obviously expects more. <laughs> I think that was a tongue in cheek. Uh, Sugar Sean, the source, Anslow, great name. Grealish has had Bellerin on strings. Going to take him some time to overcome that. You'd love to see it. Yeah, I think uh, Bellerin's shoulder is going to hurt after last night. Uh, Tom Waterman, one downside is that City are surely coming back for Louise ASAP. Can we tell them to do one till the summer and how do we replace him? Uh, I, I replied saying, well, he wants to play Champions League football, mate. So, yeah. well, we'll wait and see. Let's not think about that right now. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can keep, keep hold of him. Uh, Awab Nawari says, Ollie Watkins was amazing even before the two goals, held the ball so well and worked tirelessly. The second goal was just pure source from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, Watkins, I thought the first half... In the first 15 or so minutes, he was a little bit sloppy with his hold-up play. But after that, I thought it was fantastic. And, you know, his touch, there was a few times there where he brought the ball down and he held up Gabriel or holding and brought the ball down straight away with ease and then played it off, laid it off or or ran with it. And, you know, just fantastic to see. And Sam Cleary makes the same same point. What can show in the touch of Burkham and finishing of Van Basten? Well, high praise indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Alexander Jen... Uh, one sent a, a really good image actually he sent um the table from last season and showed showed us that we took us 18 games last season to get to 15 points 18 games and it's taken us well, how many games seven games to get to 15 points unbelievable yeah. start wow shows you the shows you the massive improvement let's hope uh, uh it doesn't take that long to get to our next 15 points uh boise a regular listener of the talks uh did what we've all been saying Barkley 10, Louise and McGinn sitting, work to treat. That must be our formation from now on and we should look to only bring players in who fit it. Uh, well, going back to Chaz's point, I think I think that should be our, our formation for the majority of the season against maybe the top 12, 13 teams. But I think there needs to be a room for manoeuvre against certain teams. Uh, and as you say, Chazzy, we need we need that plan B now and again. Um, uh, and Bozzi says the halftime player revolution versus Southampton that ended up putting Ross further forward may end up being the pivotal moment in a season that had started to go wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair points, but I don't think it was going wrong, Chad. Do you think it was, no, I don't it was just, it was a, just a bad performance, wasn't it? I don't think it was going wrong and I don't think it was a half-time player revolution at all. I think that's nonsense. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joshua Lockdown, JD, again, regular listener of the show. Uh, Jegsy says that if we can keep the engine of this team fit, then genuinely I can't see a reason why top eight isn't realistic now. Every game we've won we've worked for it seems to be a real togetherness and self-belief within the squad we should enjoy it while it lasts and hope it lasts long i mean top we said top six it might be unrealistic but top eight top ten yeah really realistic do you not think yeah no that's that's definitely achievable and uh as we mentioned i think everybody in that team now knows their job where last season it was a bit inconsistent and we were chopping and changing um so i think yeah, I just feel like we're well drilled, well organised, and it's a, a team effort. Like I go on Who Scored quite a lot, which is a stats-based uh, rating website, um, which rates players' performances and team performances. And Villa have the highest rating per player in the, in, in world football. So that just shows that again, we're not relying on one player. It's a team effort, and back to front, we're well drilled, well organised, and we've got a game plan. And uh, you just got to give. Your hats off to Dean Smith after last season, and he had he had a challenging time last season. It was probably found out in a few games, but he's turned it around, and uh, we were all behind him, and the players were behind him. Um, so it just showed that a bit of patience and a bit of faith just pays off sometimes, and that's what we need this season again. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, exactly right. And last last comment and question from a good friend of the show, Jake Hills. Uh, <laughs> Hillsy lad. Uh, he said, genuine question, do you think, sorry, genuine question, do you think Grealish will ever leave a so-called big six or abroad team? Who are we praising for this season, the recruitment team or Dino and his boys? And lastly, he's taken a, a dig at Rupert Bell, who's a broadcaster, uh, well-known Villa fan. I've no idea why. Maybe he's got some beef with him. But he said, Rupert Bell is a typical example of the fan. Uh, slates his team every week last year. Stick to horse racing, lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, he, Cheers for that, <laughs> I think he's picked up on that from me because I'd... I'd uh... I've been giving Rupert Bell a bit of stick earlier in the season because I heard him a lot on TalkSport publicly demanding that Smith was sacked. And, oh, and um, you know, no. the media agenda sometimes can influence what clubs do. So it's pretty annoying to have someone who doesn't know what they're talking about, given the national airwaves and, and slating a manager that clearly uh, needed our support. And uh, it's coming back to bite him a bit now with uh, Smith having... Uh, Having uh, sort of taught both Klopp, Rodgers and Arteta a lesson in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah three of the top managers in the league. And, and uh, Decker, as you're, Hills, you mentioned there about Grealish, do you think he'll ever leave the so-called big side or abroad? Do you think that would have happened? I mean, he, what is his value now? It must be, I mean, £80 million pound we're talking in the summer now, it must be double that, surely? Yeah, I would have thought, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it depends. If Villa keep progressing like we seem to be doing every year, making progress. I can't see him him leaving, to be honest. I mean, there is going to be, over the next couple of years, he definitely is going to want to play European football. So, I think it'll be, it'll be, it'll be big where we finish this year. Um, could be big in terms of the next couple of years. Yeah. I think, I think, in hindsight, I haven't thought about it. I honestly think he's the best player in the league right now. There's nobody better than him in the league. I think Kane's scoring goals and Kane's a superb player and you, there's an argument for Son. But, you know, he, he's he's performed this season much better than the Liverpool front three, the De Bruyne's of this world. His stats back it up, what he's doing individually, what he's doing as a leader. I honestly think he's the best player in the league right now. And, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't believe he's still wearing a Villa shirt, yeah, to be fair. We like, get to watch him every week like that. It's delightful. We've just got to enjoy it whilst we can. Yeah, yeah, um, and let's hope it, it lasts as long as possible, really, uh, and and the team can uh, uh, push on. Yeah, I was just saying, would you guys probably reward his loyalty at one point? Say, if we know that we're not reaching for that top four position, sort of give him a chance to make that move to a top four club and maybe ask for a less fee where you reward it. No. No. Or is it no, purely no down way. to business? I don't think so. I think we've got to, you know, this is uh, this is all about, I think our owners have shown how ambitious we are. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't think anyone's expecting top four this season or even next season, but it's going to be a gradual process. And I don't think the owners will, you know, they appreciate what Jack's done. But at the end of the day, Aston Villa comes first. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a privilege to watch him play, but there's no player bigger than the club. So, you know, whatever fee it needs to be, I'm sure the owners will say to Jack and his agent, you know, if we get, if you get this fee, you can let clubs know, if you get this fee, we'll sell him. A bit like we did with Benteke probably a few years ago and Ashley Young as well. You know, if we get the right fee, we'll sell him and we'll let him go reluctantly, but it's got to be the right fee in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. I think we'll need a lot of luck to hold on to him over the next few yeah. years. Like if you yeah. think this year we're going to like, I suppose they'll be aiming for a top 10 finish, but with the, the, the problem that we're going to have is um, our 11 is definitely good enough to finish in the top 10, but is the squad good enough? Probably not. I mean, if you look at the bench, I don't know how you boys feel about it, but I probably would like to see in games where we're, 
where we're two up, three up. I'd probably like to see players like Conor Horahan maybe getting 15 minutes or something like that just to keep that match sharpness because there are going to be games throughout the season that we're going to need players like him and Al Ghazi to fill in and do a job. So I'd probably like to see him get a little bit more game time, really. I, th- I think Connor will uh, come into his own in the games that are coming up. I don't think this was the game for him. Um, but no, I, think I just again, mean Brighton, that, uh, Brighton, Newcastle. But yeah, and I get, I get what you're saying. You know, they need that. Uh, they need that match fitness, don't they? they yeah, I mean, you can train games, all you I, want, I get but that. Yeah, no substitute yeah, for it. Yeah, no. And it's a shame we're out of the cup as well, so they can't get that uh, that game time in. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of games to let, to, to to be played yet, and um, you know, injuries will happen. It's part and parcel of the game, isn't it? Uh, we've been quite lucky so far. That the only players that have been injured so far have been our fringe players, really. Uh, people like Engels, House uh, and uh, Traore, who hasn't had a real chance to, to stake his claim yet. So, you know, we will see uh, going forward. You know, the ne- like Chadzi said, these these next few games coming up are going to be pivotal to our to our season. Really will make a big difference in terms of whether we push on or not. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. Obviously, the international break now uh, coming up. So, um Next week we'll be back with a podcast, uh, late night ramble. No obvious, no obvious uh, lockdown review. Oh, sorry, lockdown lowdown. Uh, we'll be doing uh, late night ramble with the VBB football boys, an old uh, Villa forum, well known forum. Uh, so that will be a, a be a good one, and we'll obviously be reviewing the England match as well, seeing how Jack did. Hopefully, he gets some good game time. But before we go, boys, thank you for your time again. Cheers, excellent, excellent insight as always. Uh, real pleasure to have you on. Uh, the boys will be back for the Brighton game, I'm sure. Um, and we'll be hopefully reviewing another win um, and, and carrying on. And Villa will be carrying on pushing up at the league. But like I said, uh, that's all from now. Uh, I was on Villa View last night, so uh, gave a plug to the podcast. So check that out. Uh, check our <laughs> YouTube video as well. We did one uh, last week. It was a Black History Month special towards the end of last month where we named our top five black players to play for Aston Villa. It was a really a good debate. Really good, a it was a good watch. Yeah. And uh, uh, especially Chadzi's seven minute monologue about Gabriel Bonnohor and why he should be in the top five is, is a great watch. So I recommend that. Um, if you haven't, Chadzi goes to bed, bed to that every night, I think. Uh, you know, I guess that drummed into his ear how good Gabby is. Um, but yeah, please do check that out. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you do. There won't be many, many videos, but there'll be some now and again. Uh, but we put I put all our audio only podcasts on there as well. But uh, if you're on, on any major podcast platform, we're on there. On Twitter, we're at Villa Podcast or one word. So please follow us. Please do subscribe, follow us. And if you're on Apple, please do leave a review and rating. It really helps us massively. Uh, if you can, that would be really really appreciated. But uh, before I go, thanks again, boys, for your time. I will leave you with the words of Ian Wright, who was on Match of the Day last night. And listen to what he said about Villa and who we would be walking down the street. It was a it was a great watch. Uh, but yeah, thank you for your time and uh, up the Villa. Up the Villa boys. Up the Villa boys. If Villa were walking down the road, there'd be John Travolta in Saturday night. <laughs> they, were, they were just it. They were it today, and I've got, you've got to give them that. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.